With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was going to get away with it if you didn't say anything, man. I was trying no, to pull it off. This isn't Scooby-Doo. You were never going to get away with it. <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy, Hop the Pope, HH. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow listening on apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe it's free leave a five-star review and we'll read it on the show subscribe to our youtube channel where we record the podcast live every monday night what's left we're on patreon if you want to help out the podcast monetarily we have a one three dollar tier we play some video games we record some extras shout out to everybody that's on patreon i'm always very um appreciative of of patreon and any just anybody who's ever given or looked or checked like it it means a lot let's let's start the podcast this one's gonna be all over the place guys because i'm not i'm not feeling like a host today oh yeah what's is is this flu could be coronavirus could be (laughs) what does everyone crack that like everyone is like it's spreading it is the, the thing is spreading bro Let's talk about football. This is what this podcast is about. Where do we start? Do you want to start with Liverpool losing or do you want to start with El Clasico? I think it's only right that we start with El Clasico personally. Okay. Real Madrid hosted Barcelona. It's been a long time since Real Madrid beat Barcelona at the Bernabeu. And they pulled it off. Zizou showing his some tactical chops. We could talk about that. Or do you kind of want to talk about the dumpster fire that was Barcelona? Which is more fun? Like giving someone praise or giving someone blame? Let's start with Real Madrid in fairness. And then we can then build into um, Barcelona. So I think we start with Real Madrid. So you want me to, to kick it off or you want to kick off? Kick off, bro. Superb second half performance by Real Madrid. They hustled more. They were much more intensive and they completely and totally overwhelmed Barcelona. And I think Barcelona just does not know how to react to how Real Madrid raised their game in the in the second half. You know, and I think that's why you have to go into these halftime team talks. Rwanda themselves back to 2017. Real Madrid came out in that second half and ripped Juve a new one. Again, what happened between Bonucci and Allegri, we'll never really know. 
but yeah, I mean, Casemiro has to rank. That has to rank as one of the best individual performances I've seen this season. Like over ninety minutes, I cannot. I've not seen a better ninety minutes, constant, consistent breakdown that he's done. Tackle of the season. His tackle on Messi when he was on the run, insane, insane, insane tackle. Messi burning, burning down on you, and the way mm. he cleaned that ball out. Because if he had gotten that thing wrong, he'd be screwed. Basically, look, both tackles were amazing. Both tackles were amazing, but just that the Casemiro tackle stayed in my mind. Although, because it's Marcelo, even more so credit because he's again he's not the, he's not the greatest the, the defender, and you could see how much it's meant to him and how he sort of celebrated with the fans. We'll get to Messi. We will get to, to Messi and what's happening with him. But yeah, look, this isn't pivotal. I don't think this has decided that the title race because I still believe Madrid will, will drop points as as they, they do against Levante, Granada, and um, Tapas FC. But look, man, it is a superb, amazing morale booster, and you have. To, and I think just as a team performance, they were incredible. They were absolutely incredible. I'm not sold on Vinicius. He's young. He can grow. He can improve, but he's still very rough around the edges. But I have to credit him for. Even if it was a deflection, he forced the issue. He made it happen. And Zidane, why the hell didn't Tony Cruz start the Man City game? It is so obvious that your strongest midfield is Cruz, Casemiro, and Valverde. Because that pass that Cruz made was an absolutely incredible flipping pass that really created that, that goal. So yeah, for Real Madrid, amazing performance. Can you be consistent with this? Can you keep going on with this? Because this was coming into a very bad run. And I don't know. Maybe you can answer this for me. Is it a case of Madrid being amazing or they faced a Barcelona side that were horrible? This is the worst performance from Barcelona I've seen for, for the whole Messi era. Easily their worst. Easily their worst. The two things I need answered are, number one, what is Messi's injury? Because there's no way he's he's 100% fit. You can just tell. I think he's battling through because he knows we had to make an emergency signing if I don't play, the team's going to be trash. You know, he got his four goals against Ibar, and maybe people thought, ah, it's not that bad. But you can mm. tell, like, something's up. So that's one thing I need resolved. The second thing, you go out and you make your emergency signing in Braithwaite. You have Ansu Fati, who's, for all intent and purposes, Bro. like your third best player or third Bro. best attacking player at this point. And I turn the match on, and I see Arturo Vidal at right wing. <laughs> No, no, it's, it's, it's like someone. I said, can maybe understand the tactical premise of trying to lock down a side and put somebody who's going to hustle. But if you go to the trouble of making signings and putting attacking players, why don't you play Braithwaite? I need that answered from Setien. No, 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 no. Ask, ask Setien, like, bro, hands up. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, because again, as you said again, what was the point in signing Braithwaite? And when you're watching the game, you could see that as soon as Barcelona got to the final third, they were like, Oh, uh, what do we do? We, we don't have a focal point there. So they're just dancing all around, playing balls within themselves. And also, if you don't have an Iniesta or a Javi in there or a David Silva in there, because yeah, this false line worked superbly well for Spain in 2012 because you had guys with extremely high passing IQ. I am putting Griezmann on 2012 David Silva level. I am putting Griezmann on any Iniesta era level. So a lot of that blame I put on Seth Etienne. I have to because, as you said, you've got a striker. Play him. Ansu Fati is a forward player. <laughs> you already are down with many injuries. In what planet do you think that playing Vidal right wing will work? Bro, 
Vidal spends most of the time but like, wait, what? Where, where the hell am I? He, if, even he was confused. If it was 2013, maybe I get it. But isn't he? He's got to be at least 32, 33 now. He's like, what? <laughs> it's just like, do you even have the physical attributes to pull this off? Like, it's just confused. Like, you, you know how sometimes you'll see the 11 and like the, I don't know who, the TV providers or whoever you're watching the game, they'll try to come up with what they think that uh, uh, that section of players is going to look like. And sometimes they get it wrong. So, for instance, like when Man City played Real Madrid, nobody expected Jesus was going to be playing like left wing back or whatever he was playing that Pep had him doing. He was actually playing that position, which makes it all the more confusing to me. Well, no, I, 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 I mean, someone said it was 4-4-2. Bro, that wasn't 4-4-2. Vidal was uh, right off of that. Chill. But, yeah, if you have the striker and you know, like, okay, Griezmann plays best in like a number 10 position. How about we can, – can, can we do something like that? Like, be creative with the lack of players that you have. But don't do – don't go over the top. Like, yo, I'm going to put Vidal. It's going to be a master stroke. Everybody's going to give me credit. That must have been what he's thinking. Like, yo, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody sees this, but I see it. <laughs> so let's try it. 2-0 loss. That's what you get, man. Let me ask you this. Yes. Is he carrying an injury and playing through it? Or are we beginning to see the decline? I don't think that's an or. Yes and yes. <laughs> really? That can be an or, though. What do you mean? You think well, Messi's well, as good so right now. And he's carrying an injury. You think Messi's as good as he was in 2009 or 2010 or 2012 even? Like, he's he's not that good. So, of course, we're seeing a decline. The no, guy's no, no, wait, 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 wait. Let me respond. Let me respond. An argument can be made. His best season was like two seasons ago. Okay. And arguments can be made that last season was one of his best seasons as an individual. You can try to make the argument, but his best season was 2012 or 2011. Based purely on numbers. That's how we judge footballers in this age, bro. Who so the I don't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know, yeah, yeah. With, the, with those Twitter kids and those, and those morons on, on Twitter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. 90 goals in a, in a calendar year. Whichever yeah, seasons yeah, yeah. those were. He yeah, no, yeah, for, the, for the for the Twitter morons, I get it. Cool, you're right, you're right. But in that sense, he's declined. This is my Vince Carter theory, Double H. If okay. you want to know my Vince Carter theory, here's my Vince Carter theory. The reason he's able to play in the NBA at 40 years old is because he started from such a pinnacle of athleticism that even when he drops off in his older age. He'll be able. To, he was able to play in the NBA until he's. I think he's forty-two or forty-three right now. Messi started off at such a high level, one of the greatest footballers we've ever seen. That the older he gets, when he drops off, his drop off is still going to mean he's one of the best players in the world. But now you add injury to that, and you you're kind of handicapping what he's capable of doing. So yes, Messi's declining, but even in his decline, he was so good to start that when he declines, it's not going to be, he's still going to be better than your good footballers in in the era that we have now. It's just, yeah, he's fallen off, but he started off at such a high place that his fall off means just he's just the best player in the world, not the greatest thing we've seen. So that's what's happening with Messi now and Cristiano to an extent, but Cristiano's different. That's like more work ethic than just natural talent. So come next season... Mm-hmm. you'll pretty much see Messi really 
sort of just be more ordinary with like a few flashes here and there. So this is pretty much the season. Because again, no, last season, look, he won the Ballon d'Or, deservedly so, I think. So I think this is the season in which, aha, this is where we now see Messi now really become a more ordinary this season. We'll start to see, oh, so this guy's human now. You, you remember, I don't know what game it was, but they were like throwing him up in the air. It might have been after the PSG comeback, even though that was Neymar's game. But I don't know why I'm thinking that's the game. But, you know, they were kind of throwing Messi in the air. And there was this picture. It was like um, like aliens had sent him down or like aliens were taking him up. I'm not sure which way. But like those kinds of things, like I don't – that used to be kind of like standard performances for Messi, like week in, week out. He was like, who is this alien? Like who is this guy doing things we haven't seen done in this way for years and years? I think he might still have those in his locker. But it's not going to be an every week occurrence. Like maybe he can get up for a Champions League match or something like that or a classical when he's fit. But I don't think it's going to be something we see every week. Actually, no, no. no. This is this, no, this is something I definitely wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you can help me understand this. What? Why are people <laughs> rejoicing that <laughs> Messi could be declining? Why is there a celebration? Why are they? Why is it like? Oh yes, it's oh, the. Who midget. are these people? Who are these people? Define people. Do you mean like Ronaldo fans? That's my assumption. I'm just going via the comments on my video, the comments on Twitter, comments on Facebook, and so forth, where I'm just seeing like, oh my gosh, Messi is Messi not going to decline? Though the midgets finally exposed system <laughs> merchants and so forth. <laughs> it's like people are reveling in him declining, and I say, wait a minute. Yes, we, we may love a team. Yes, we may love a player. I thought, and this maybe maybe I'm wrong. That's why I, w- I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I thought that at the very foundation, we are football fans. At the very foundation, we enjoy individuals who do amazing things and excel. Basically, it's like the um, classical game mistake. when Barcelona played against Real Madrid and the Madrid fans applauded Ronaldinho. Yes, we love Madrid. Yes, Barcelona are our fierce rivals. But when a player is so good, and does something so amazing. Really, we are here because we love football. We love Real Madrid and we have an affinity to it. But really, we're here because we love football and we are we adore these football players that can do things that we just can't do. Because we all have all played, tried to play football and everything. But we look at these guys like, what's to call like gladiators back in the day, like, wow, look at what these individuals can do. Stuff that I could never dream of doing. So I am in awe at their physical excellence. So why would you be rejoicing that someone is declining and be happy that they're de- declining. That's just so twisted. I, I can't answer it. Well, let me try to jump into the mind of somebody that might be happy Messi's declining. Okay, maybe being the star player of Barcelona, just how people hate Barcelona, maybe that's part of it. So now you're the star of the team that a lot of people hate. So that's number one. Then you have just Real Madrid fans. Real Madrid's the most supported club in the world. Maybe Manchester United could could rival it. So then you have Real Madrid fans hating. Then you have the Cristiano v Messi. Cristiano's the most popular athlete in the world. They were kind of billed as rivals in a sense. So now you have that. So you have Barcelona haters, Real Madrid fans, and then Cristiano fans. All kind of hate a strong word, but disliking this guy just just off GP. Real quick, real quick. Sorry, were Real Madrid fans celebrating Ronaldinho's decline? You tell me. No, 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 no. I'm asking you. Like, I don't know. I don't think they were. 
Like, I get the Cristiano fans, but why are Madrid fans celebrating his decline, though? I'm just, I'm trying to come up with reasons. What, what I think is, I think Messi was billed as the antithesis of Ronaldo. And because Ronaldo's one of the most, or the most popular athlete on the planet, that built-in adversary, once he starts declining, you kind of get happy about it, maybe. Which is stupid, but, you know, it's what it is. Like, I'm sure when Kobe tore his Achilles, I'm sure there were people who were happy because they were LeBron fans, and LeBron was billed against Kobe for years and years. Does it make it right? No, it's it's stupid, and people shouldn't be like that. But I think you make a mistake when you say, aren't we here for good football? No, people are here for their own purposes. People are here to be happy by their football team, by the uh, football player that they like. The game is kind of inconsequential in some ways, especially if you're a player fan. We lost 3-0, but did you see how my guy performed? <laughs> He had a, like a master class or like we won by three goals. Yeah, but your guy had a disaster class. That's where this era has gone. So the game is kind of inconsequential in some ways. I think it's I think that's part of it. But it, does it surprise you really? Knowing you're on Twitter more than I am. Like, does it surprise you? And, oh, I should also say you using Twitter as the barometer by which to judge this generation and era is kind of dangerous. So like if so if you see people on Twitter doing it, that doesn't necessarily make it real. That just makes it Twitter, and Twitter is its own environment. Are there really people in the street like clapping and um, running around like "Yay, Messi's hurt"? Like I don't know if that's real. But on Twitter, where you give people anonymity and people can say anything they want, okay, yeah, you might get that. So don't use Twitter to judge everyone. You can oh, no, use no, no, you I'm can also. use you can use Twitter to judge people like FG. Look, man, forget that dude, man. Um, <laughs> no, 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 but, but see, I try not to, and maybe this is a different conversation for another day, but uh-huh. I've tried to use Twitter a lot less because, you know, you know you have, there's an app where I can basically be on the screen I am right now and tweet out something without actually having to go on the Twitter platform itself. Like, I have, like, the little icon. So where whatever tab I'm on, I can just tweet from, from, from there. I think, Ben, I think Ben makes a good point here. It's tribe loyalty. No, no, and, and you know what? See, see, that is what I've begun to really learn through now as to how intense this tribalism is, you know, because I'm like, wow, okay. It's because I say I've always, like, look, of course, I, you know, I love Super Eagles, Nigerians, and so forth. Chelsea, like, th- th- that was my team. But again, it's a, as I said, com- complicated Chelsea fan. And yes, we have a rivalry with uh, South Africa and Ghana, but our rivalry with, with Ghana is very amicable. You know, not to Ghanaians, was... bro. Ghanaians <laughs> don't like it. What? See, I think Nigerians look at Ghanaians like little brothers. Like, ah, it's it's fine. But sometimes the little brother actually really doesn't like the big brother. Hey, get me wrong, not, I told you. Let's not get lost in the weeds. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But basically, see, for me, I've always been like, it's about the sport. And I think that you're That's a mistake. Yeah, no, no, but it's true. But, but I think that you lose a lot of enjoyment if you are so blinded by I have to be by my play. I have to be, I have to support this player. I've got to support this player. I've got to support this team. Like, yeah, you can love a player and so forth. But if that is all you're about, I think you're losing a lot of enjoyment in the greatest sports of all time. This is the greatest sports of all time. And, and I think you'll have far more enjoyment if you can take a step back and be like, wow, this dude is damn good. He may not really be my guy for my team, but no, no, this guy is damn good. Like, it's pained me when Baggio knocked us out of the World Cup. That's pained me. But 
I could take a step back and be like, my God, man, Baggio really carried Italy all the way to almost winning a World Cup single-handedly. Do you know what you it's know? like? It's like being a, a wine connoisseur. Let's put it this way. Some people just drink wine to get drunk, to get up, to forget about their problems. Damn the world. Let me just get red wine, white white wine, whatever it is. And then but then you have these people that actually like go into like a winery or wherever and like they taste it and like they swirl it around their glass and they actually enjoy like the story of yo, the grapes came from France or Italy or someplace like that. I feel like most people they're just drinking football if we want to extend the metaphor to get drunk. Just like let me get what I need to get from this so I can forget about my problems and all that kind of stuff. Whereas you might be more of like a connoisseur of the wine and you want to know where the grapes come from. You want to know how long this has been aged and all that kind of stuff. So you can't come to this thinking everybody appreciates this wine like I do. Some people just want to drink it and get drunk and you got to accept that. And Twitter, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bar. It's, a, it's not a place where you go where you like have a discussion really about the fine points of, of football in that sense. I mean, you can try. But- oh, 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 no. I have tried and and I have failed numerous times. I'll keep trying, (laughs) but I have failed. And and the thing about it is that I get pulled into their level. That's just your, but yeah, but that's that's. Wait a minute, H H, come on, man. That says more about your impulses and maybe your lack of self control in discussing football because you really care about it in that sense. Whereas I'm, I'm like half and half. Like, yes, I use Chelsea to get drunk. At the same time, I'm not going to get drunk to the point of stupidity. Which is hmm. where I feel like a lot of people do. But anyway, anything else from this match that's worth talking about? I could kind of talk about Vinicius for maybe five minutes. but And I could maybe talk about Frankie de Jong for a few seconds as well. All I want to say is, shout out to Dave Chappelle. How old is 19 really? Meaning, Haaland's 19 and people are asking like this guy's like, the greatest thing ever, or he makes mistakes here and there, but eventually he's going to be good. If Vinicius is the same age, how come he doesn't get the same treatment? How come it's not like, yo, yeah, he makes mistakes. Yeah, his finishing might be a little bit suspect, but he's 19. He has room for improvement and time to improve. You're still a teenager. Whatever you do well, we praise that. Whatever you do poorly, we say, yo, you could do that better, but you're still just 19. But it seems like Vinicius is, oh, he's supposed to play like he's 25. Like, he's some seasoned veteran that's been at this level of football for a decade plus. Come on. No. let's. Can we have realistic expectations? Just once. Would that hurt you? And I think he's the first teenager to score in a classical since Messi. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. He's, he's, yeah, he's, the, he's, he's the youngest by, like, 100 days or something. The youngest to score in an El Clasico. So, yeah. How old is 19, really? Yeah, no, no, no. For me, look, um, Vinicius is not a player who I think will develop and become world-class that's just me using the eye test. But I said the same thing about Sterling. I said the dude was nothing more than a pace mansion to Liverpool. Pep came along and now turned him into a world-class player. So maybe he just needs the right coach. But again, like when I look at Sancho, I'm like, yeah, Sancho is that dude. Leroy Sané is that dude. Mbappe is that dude. Hazard is that dude. You see, stop. Stop. Stop with the hazard. Bro, look, I was going to get away with it if he didn't say anything. And I was trying no, to roll it off. This isn't Scooby-Doo. You were never going to get away with it. <laughs> You would never get away with it. Look, man, Uh-oh. I would have if it wasn't for this pesky Daniel, man. But, no, shout out to, to Vinicius, man. But, look, I want to talk about Frankie de Jong. Daniel. Yes. I was told this is the next Javi. I was told this is the next great midfielder. Whoever told you he was more Javi than Busquets lied to you. 
because he should he's like the the holding midfielder. He's 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 at the base of a three man midfield. But Busquets is there, and Busquets is so one of the best of all time in that position. Obviously, he's declining a bit, and we saw evidence of that in the past match. But De Jong's kind of out of position, so kind of harsh to judge him in that way. No, 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 no. But I'm like, what has he done this season? Like, so you can say out of position, wrong rule, and everything. But let's just deal with the facts. What has he done this season? Everybody deserves time, and I think he definitely deserves time and so forth. But see, this this is another thing that we run running into. And look, it's so funny that it's been for both of them. Delict has been struggling at Juventus, you know, and Juve fans are like, nah, man, this guy's a dud, banana. This guy's not, not ready. Let's us stop overhyping young players. Let's stop this. Let them go out and prove themselves. For Mbappe, it was worth it. Homie was 18 years old, scoring in numerous Champions League knockout games, taking Monaco to an Uber Eats win and CL semi-finals. So that was justified. I think the Antifati thing is a bit justified as well because I think that kid is something. Haaland, bro, goes speak for himself. Garbage player, but the goes speak for, for, for itself. For Frankie de Jong and De Ligt, wonderful for Ajax. That was a great Champions League run for Ajax. And they ultimately lost to, to a Lucas Moura hat-trick. I still can't believe that actually happened, but whatever. So it's like people are so reactionary and they're so quick. And, and I, don't, I mean, and I have to blame your, your previous employers, man. I have to. <laughs> because whenever I, because again, I've got the Bleacher Report app on my tab. Whenever I, I open this thing up, I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't this supposed to be a reputable publication or something? I'm seeing emojis, smiley faces. I'm seeing exclamation mark. I'm seeing all. I'm like, what? And it's like, you're so, your bleach report, you're supposed to be this reputable organization. Whoa, the way well, you're putting this stuff is like what a guy from the road would do or what if, I would do. If I could defend my previous employers just quickly, bleach report doesn't report news, they are a news aggregator. No, but they write the headlines. Bleach report doesn't have people like at each club. Like, Bleacher Report doesn't do what Carl does now, where like Carl is like at Southampton and he's the Southampton guy for the Athletic. Like Bleacher Report doesn't have that. Bleacher Report just goes to like Athletic or Daily Mail or Sun or uh, the Telegraph or the Times, and they just get oh, so this is a story that's going on on the Express. Fine, we'll just throw it up there. Using Bleacher Report as like news as such, it's a bit touch and go. Like I don't know if you should be doing that necessarily. If it's sourced, they'll take it. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no, but I just go via like the kind, basically, obviously, okay, maybe you're right. Like they are very clickbaity. So it's like, what kind of headline can we do to attract the kids? I used to hate that too, man. I would write like a good article. Like I, like I wasn't somebody who did news. I was like an opinionist. Mm. So I would try like, can we not make this clickbaity? Can we not do slideshows? Do I have to talk about transfer rumors? Can I not just talk about like a story or like race or just something interesting to me? But they're like, mm. nah, people love transfers. People love rumors. So you might be a connoisseur of this. Most people aren't. Most people want to see just like whatever. Just tr- give me a transfer rumor. Messy the city. Let's do it. It's never going to happen. But, you know, we'll give you the story if you want it. It's like a sports McDonald's. Like it's not good for you, but it's here. 24 hours of the day, we'll give it to you. Oh, no, no, but but do you know how I, I view it? So Messi at City, like, whenever I do that stuff, I always say that it's, it's not going to happen, 
But let's it's, let, let me make it interesting for for myself. And how I make it interesting for myself is all right. If it if it did happen, how would it work tactically? How would he fit into the team? How could he affect the team? And how would he work with the players around? So that is what makes it enjoyable for me. Because yeah, you can't just go with everything rumor like it is a rumors by gutter trash tabloids. But to make it enjoyable either for you to write it or for you to talk about it, is look at, okay, how would this now work? And like, let's now get into the nitty-gritty of the tactics. That's and what I would do. Like, it would, that's, that, that's, that's what I would try to do when, when somebody came with the transfer. Okay, I was like, let's not talk about the rumor or anything, like or the money or something like that. Like, how would this affect the party that yeah. the player left? And how, does this, how would it affect the party that the player goes to? But anyway. Another match that should have happened before we go to England, I guess we could just go through Europe first, but didn't, was Juve-Inter, mm. uh, which would have been a very key match in the Serie A title race. Because Lazio, uh, Lazio won, won top. and they're now top of the table. Let me put like a conspiracy theory, Daniel is, is showing up. Do you think the Italian FA did this on purpose? In terms of they had the solution for this match week of let's just play the games behind closed doors. Because if you don't know, in Northern Italy, the coronavirus is apparently there. And if they don't want groups in mass together, yeah, congregate. So you don't want a whole stadium of 42, 50,000 people at once. Cause that could cause, you know, the disease to spread. So what they did is they were like, yo, we're just going to play the game behind closed doors. But then I'm sure somebody, some smart person in the FA in the Italian FA or the Serie A was just bro. So all of these matches are randomly selected before we start the season. We just put them into a computer and they spit them out. You can believe that if you want, but that's the story that we'll go with for now. So someone's like, yo, so you mean we can take a game that's basically, that could be a championship decider and we can move it to the end of the season? Why would we put that behind closed doors? Why don't we just move the match week under the auspices of saving people from coronavirus? And now we can have basically a championship deciding match, a championship six-pointer, put it that way, at the end of the season. It's a perfect move if you're Serie A. If this thing wasn't, and we hope it doesn't wasn't, but if it wasn't, there may be no end of the season. If there's no end of the season anyway, then what's the harm? There is no harm because there, there wouldn't have been an end of the season whether it's played in May or whether it's played now. But then, but, but, but then the key thing is that it's looking more likely that it's going to be between Juve and Lazio rather than Juve and Inter Milan. But Inter Milan have two games in hand. You really La- think they'll, La- they'll I think Lazio have played 26 games and Inter have only played 24. You can check that if they win both games, they'll be tied or they're thereabout. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Juve have one game in hand, Inter have two on, La- right. on Lazio. That's what I'm saying. So, it's, I think it's a strategic ploy from the Italian Football Association or just Serie A. To be like, look, if we can move a game that we would rather have at the end to, to kind of make Serie A like a final, I think that's dope. I think that's a good premise. But you have to have the teams kind of play along with it. So you have to have Inter play well for the rest of the season. Juve play well for the rest of the season. Also, this could save Sarri's job. Yeah. Because they'll well, never be well, out of Yeah, but they're the champions in the But I think if he doesn't win Serie A or the CL, he's definitely getting sacked, man, for sure. For sure. Atalanta scoring for fun. I think they won a game seven. Sorry, they won a game seven two. Is there any other freak result? Oh my god, seven two! Jesus. So I think the only teams that have scored more goals are PSG, and I'm forgetting the other team. And PSG have played more games. Wait, what? This is so they beat Torino seven zero. They beat 
Radomiak Radom 6-3, beat <laughs> Milan 5-0, Parma 5-0. Oh my god, this is insane. They beat Valencia, was it 5-2? Um, they, they beat Udinese 7-1. <laughs> get that circumcision, they beat Sassuolo 4-1. Wait, these are like circumcision, sacrifices, deconstructions, colonizations, back to back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, 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 no. That Valencia game is going to be interesting, man. It's going to be another hiding, I think. I think Atalanta, man, they're an interesting team. Like, I remember last season, people were like, oh, 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 watch Atalanta, watch Atalanta, because they, they're an interesting team to watch, but I just never got around to it. Now I'm starting to watch more highlights. Eventually, I'm going to get into, like, watching their games, so. You know, yeah, Papu Gomez, Let me see, Papu Gomez and Ilicic, man. I've I've seen people say Ilicic should be like on the radar of, you know, he's like 31, 32. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's been he's around, a, man. He's, a, he's an old guy, so I don't know. This is like his uh, it's gonna be his best time in his career, probably. PSG beat Dijon. I guess we could say that Mbappe scored. Is that when Neymar got sent off? Neymar was in the stands. Neymar did not go to Carnival, so that theory did not come through. For oh me. wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, isn't his his sister's birthday is on the match day where they play Dortmund? Is that correct? So there's still a week for him to you know hit his head on the table and or twist his ankle in training or something's gonna happen. We don't know what, <laughs> but, but something's happening. Uh, so you know, keep tabs on Neymar. Um, Icardi scored. I know uh, Icardi has been kind of. Um, he was angry that he didn't play or didn't start against Dortmund. So um, maybe he's on on Tutu's good side now. Cavani, bro, Cavani. This is why I didn't understand the Atletico and Chelsea and all these teams that were wanting uh, Cavani in the January transfer window. Maybe he was the best of like the worst that was available. But bro, like when you see some of the chances that this guy misses, it's just like who would want you? No, he's no. he's he's allergic to scoring easy chances, man. He's allergic. He gets the chances, so I guess you think he he has to score one of them. But does he? He doesn't have to, and he proves that he doesn't have to on a weekly basis. Just watching PSG, I, I just can't imagine watching them like week in week out and expecting Cavani to play well. It's just it's ridiculous. And what's the other league that we're leaving out? Bayern slapped up. Who did they slap without Lewandowski? Oh yeah. Um... Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. It was Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. Yeah, because there was a whole banner thing. Yes. This is actually one of the most interesting stories of the week. So Bayern were up 7-2. No, no, wait. What do you mean? No, no, no. They won 6-0. 6-0. That Atalanta scores in my brain for whatever reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were up 6-0. So Germany have a law that says... Uh, an owner can only own up to, I think, forty nine. Yes, basically, it's 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 the fifty plus one rule, right? So they can't so, have the minority share. So, so, so the fans have to have a majority ownership of the football club, right? Mm. I think with Hoffenheim, though, they allowed a billionaire to buy the club outright. So Hoffenheim are able to kind of financially dope, I guess, in the in the way the German fans see it. So Dortmund protested this guy and were fined. And Dortmund fans can't go away to the Hoffenheim ground. Bayern fans put up a banner kind of besmirching the owner. And they were pissed that, you know, Hoffenheim have kind of usurped the rules in some way. And the referee saw the banner. The players went over, tried to get the fans to, like, put the banner down. That didn't happen. The game was suspended. Then they brought the game back because they had to finish the 90 minutes. So they brought the players back. And the players just basically did pass the ball to each other on purpose. 
did like keepy uppies and just basically wasted 20 minutes while the Hoffenheim fans kind of just clapped them on or whatever. It was like one of the weirdest, bizarre things I think I've ever seen. There was this one thing where I think like there was World Cup qualification and both teams needed a draw. So they basically just disrespected the competition and basically oh, yeah, 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 yeah. to each other. And they call it, I don't know what World Cup that was, but I remember seeing it on like YouTube and stuff. But this was, this is, it's kind of sort of like that. It's just like, so you have the banner firstly, the this guy owning the team secondly, and then the players just decide, okay, we'll just kick it and pass it to each other and just do tricks to waste 20 minutes. It's just like, what the hell's going on? Like bringing the game into disrepute, I suppose is what this might be. Um, Nick's and Devil brought up something very interesting. So you can bring players off, halt the game for one person, but for a race of people and so forth, it's what? A fine slap on the wrist. <laughs> Say no to racism. No to racism. Hashtag and that's it. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I think that there was a racist incident in Germany recently where you know they were doing monkey noises at a player and the fans in the stands to their credit actually just clapped and tried to drown out the sound so i do i do remember that so maybe germany's a bit weird in terms of like i think they're super sensitive to the whole racism thing because of their history Mm. so the fans do want to put on a good face and be like no we're not racist we don't do racist things but i mean it's kind of unavoidable but yeah that's a good point so who said it neeks or devil are they both kind of no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, they both. I mean, obviously, Devil. Yeah, I think. Well, Devil was the guy that brought it up. He Shout was the one that brought it up, and then Nick's backed it up. Um, but because my thing is, like, okay, like, okay. So, in your view, do you mm-hmm. think it was right what happened that they shouldn't have brought out the banner to insult a dude for trying to pretty much I, screw up this whole? I don't know what the banner said. I just know that the banner was insulting, mm. but I don't know how insulting. So it depends. Like, I'd have to actually go and look at what the banner said. If it was calling him, like, out his name and maybe, like, a racial slur or one of the, I guess he's white. He's white. I, I, like, I don't know, but maybe he could be German or... Not German. You, you, you white bread. I don't know. Maybe he could be Jewish or Turkish or uh, I don't know. I don't know who their owner is, but if it, if it crossed the line in that sense, okay. Well, it's, it's a Mr. Dietzmar Hop, and he looks pretty white to me. Dietzmar you laughing, man? <laughs> I was thinking, like, okay, if he was like not just white German, maybe I could see how a banner could be offensive. But Dietmar Hop, I'm pretty sure he's just yeah. Regular and German. Look, <laughs> when you look at him, this guy definitely he is yeah. So yeah, I don't know what the banner could have said. The banner said, "You son of a bitch," <laughs> according to selling. Okay, is that it? So no, do, like do Horenshon. Just... <laughs> I'll take your word for it. German is one of those languages I don't even try to attempt. Well, but you know, the thing about German, a lot of Germans are actually really good um, tonally and, for, and for phonetically in speaking English because the tonations in German are, very, are quite similar to the tonations in English. English is uh, a Germanic language. Is it what? It's a Germanic language. It's it, They're like cousins, essentially. Yeah. The same way, well, I guess the, the Romantic languages are kind of brothers in the sense that like... Uh, Italian, French, Spanish, Portuguese. They're like very closely related. So if you know one, you can basically easily learn the other one. But German and English are more cousins. Like they come from the same tree, but they're not easily. Well, no, no. And, and that's why it's like Yoruba and, and, and French. Again, similar tonations as well. 
Any other stories across Europe that we need to discuss before we get to the Premier League? No, no, no. I think I think we pretty much because yeah, yeah. You know, we we covered Syria, we covered Uber Eats. They took a L. <laughs> the visibles, man. They are not invincible. I mean, look, um... Liverpool. Liverpool took the L. Um, now, last week we did go through their fixture list, and I think when we got to Watford, we just kind of like ah, yeah, yeah, no, we just we, 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 we just dropped over. We didn't even give it a second thought. But but to our I feel like we have been critical of Liverpool's play over the past maybe almost the whole season. Yeah. They've they've just they've, they've just gotten the job done. But specifically the past few the past few months have been pretty bad. Mm. And the writing's been on the wall for those who've been paying attention. So this result and the Atletico one to an extent was kind of like the proof that, okay, like, yeah, these guys are beatable. Nobody thought Watford would do it. But when you watched what happened, what happened against West Ham, it is conceivable. It was the Anfield magic that kind of helped them get through it. But if you play like that, and I even said it last week, if they keep playing like this, someone's going to snipe them. Didn't think it would be Watford. So to Watford's credit, you know, you surprised me. But Liverpool losing is not a surprise the way they've been playing football of recent. See, Watford is the shocking piece here. Mm. But how shocked were you that Liverpool now have an L on their record? I was coming to the realization that these guys were going to come through. But if, let's say, they got the loss against Arsenal at the Emirates or against City, that wouldn't shock me and be like, oh, they, they didn't do it. This was shocking. Like, first of all, it's the double one. First of all, it's against Watford and it's a lubrication. So it's like they go... It wasn't even eat. close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They got like it's not like it was a one zero, like it's one. They got roundly served. They got beaten, and that is why. And this is a nice little small segue. We've got to give those invincibles some 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 credit because I get it. Liverpool, they they they, they should and they will win the Premier League. I still have them as one of the favorites for the Champions League, and. If Chelsea can knock them out of the FA Cup, and that, that that would be needed. But at the end of the day, yes, I get trophies are, are important. That's still an achievement of Arsenal said, you never beat me. Nobody ever beat us. And that is still an achievement. So don't bring in the fact that, oh, well, they didn't win the Champions League. Oh, they didn't worry about people who, who won the, the treble. Every achievement is different. Like, what City did in 17-18, that's amazing. 100 points, that's bloody amazing. What um, United did, treble. What Bayern Munich did, what Barcelona trebles, that's, that's, that's bloody amazing. What Mourinho did with Real Madrid scoring all those goals, that's, that's amazing. But at the same time, going through a season unbeaten, it's amazing. And it's even more so amazing the fact that no one has done it in the Premier League era. Because I say, okay, well, if it was so easy, why hasn't anyone else done it? I think it's only been done twice in England since football started in like the 1800s. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Preston North End. Preston North End in like 1887 or some shit like that. Yeah, but look, come on. I mean, I really can't do that, man. Come on. I mean, Premier League era. Before black people were humans and. (laughs) (laughs) You you said it's not not me, man. Gosh, man. I mean, (laughs) imagine living living on that. Do you know know what would scare me? Imagine if I just woke up and it was like. 1772. <laughs> like, like a dark mirror episode of it. <laughs> I'll be like... And, and you just oh. wake up in like 17th century London just like, nah, give me the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> that would be horrible. I, I, I just walk out into the street and like, oh, this looks different. And like, I see like a horse and a carriage. 
Get here, you little. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, snap. Oh, first, first boat to Nigeria. Wait a minute. Even if you went to Nigeria, yeah, that's what right now, you, you'd still be in like, yo, yeah, so I, who I, is I, this I, guy? Basically, Nigeria didn't, didn't exist. It wouldn't even exist. So basically, I'm screwed. Can, can you speak an indigenous language? Um, fluently? I mean, I mean, no, not fluently, but only like a few words here and there. I mean, because the Benin Empire might have been around during that time. So I could sort of seek solace with the Benin tribe and so forth. I say, hey, look, man, what up? I'm actually part of your people and everything. <laughs> <That's Yeah. okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I beg. <laughs> I beg. Pigeon doesn't exist. <laughs> I beg, bro. Anyway, please, bro. Anyway. Make, make this Oibo no, no come catch me up. I beg. Okay. Let's. Uh, so somebody wants us to say talk about Liverpool lu- talk about Liverpool lubrications from the hopeful Chelsea fan. Yeah, it wasn't good, man. It wasn't good. Let's take this. Did you watch the the League Cup? If City go on to win the FA Cup and Champions League, would they have a better season than Liverpool? So if they win three trophies, we're not going to call that a treble, but if they win three trophies, would that be a better season than Liverpool? See, that's from I- that's from I- Ingazulu. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean that's 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 a difficult one to say because it's like it depends. That is literally a question of perception. Do you credit the marathon or do you credit this 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 the sprint? I respect the marathon, but I I always credit the sprints, and I'm always I'm, I'm more of a sprints fan than a marathon fan. So I think Liverpool winning the league for the first time in almost thirty years or thirty years is probably the more impressive thing. Considering most people would have had them second to start the season, I think most people were like, City are going to win. And to be, I think, 20 points above them in the table, I find that more impressive than City somehow winning a Champions League. Because City were seen to be Champions League favorites. So them winning would be like, oh my god, it's great for your club. But in terms of like the team you have on the pitch... Which is more impressive, I think, is Liverpool and how they've gone about just kind of dismantling the Premier League. But again, we, we've seen the majority of them winning the Premier League already. So we kind of have the story. If City go on to like slay Real Madrid and then beat PSG and then beat Juventus and then beat whomever in the final, like if they beat Liverpool in the final or something, then maybe I would be swayed to say, okay, like now nah, what City have done is really impressive. Yeah. But we know what Liverpool have basically done in the Premier League, so that's kind of. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as a season goes, you have to probably give it to Liverpool because it's like, as I said, it's the manner in which they've they've, they've done. Like, let's mm-hmm. say, let's say they go unbeaten from now to the end of the season and they don't lose a game, and let's say they draw one or two and win the rest, then what you're looking at like what's two, three draws. One loss and the rest wins. That's 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 an amazing. They can season. easily. They're going to have over a hundred points easily. Well, what if they just start losing and losing and losing? <laughs> well, then they won't. Um, A one says the best. The streets would never forget eleven. That's tough, man. Just to come up in the spur of the moment. But I'll keep this question and I'll think about it over the 
over the course of the week. And maybe by next week, we can come up with something. <laughs> uh, from AJ Cool 16, I'm going to save the one I was laughing at. Which strikers should England pick for the Euros, assuming Kane won't play? So they need three strikers. I would take the Wilson dude from Bournemouth. I would take Abraham from Chelsea. And if you could convince him to come out of retirement, start Jamie Vardy. You'd start Vardy? Yeah. Wait, wait, oh, 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 so, so you wouldn't take Rashford? I don't consider him like an out-and-out striker. He'd probably play okay, like on the wing. Forward. So he would be in the front three, but my striker? The, the way England are going to play as well? Yeah, no, 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 defensive and on the counterattack, probably? Give me Vardy. But let's just say and assume, and I think we can rightfully assume that Vardy doesn't take the callback. Who do you start with? Because there's, there's no way he doesn't take it. If Southgate's like, yo, we want to take you to the Euros, he's going. Somebody said Danny Ings. Danny Ings, I think he has like 15, 16 goals in the Premier League. Carl rates him highly. Yeah, like I know. Who watches him week, on, week out, so. It's the same thing with Kevin Phillips. Phillips was like hugely pro- prolific in the Premier League. International football just wasn't popping off for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ings strikes me as a guy who I think might be a domestic merchant. I'm not sure whether he can make the cost to international football, you know. And even Tammy, as much as I'm a fan of Tammy, it's questionable whether he can cut it internationally. So, I think, basically, England, I just think, have to rely on the wide players, i.e. Sterling, Sancho, and so forth. What do you think about Calvert-Lewin? Do you think... See, now that feels like a functional striker choice that England would take just Mm. because he offers them, quote, something different, unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's more all-round, yeah. Right. I feel like that could be... that. Yeah, someone just suggested it as well. Like Calvert Lewin, did you see what David De Gea did? I mean, this wasn't supp- I wasn't going to talk about this, but he tried to kick it. He, he was trying to like launch it, and Calvert Lewin just like you know took his punt essentially and scored a goal. Very <laughs> weird. Now that I think about it, I was having conversations about this. Have you seen the goal that was ruled off? What did you think about that? At first, you're like, no. When you think about it, it's the right call. It's it's totally not the right call, man. No, wait, wait, wait. See, see, did you know why it's it's, it's the right call? It's if if you rem- if if you remove Sigurdsson from the play, the same thing happens. No, I promise you, it doesn't. The no, no, same no. thing happens. You know why it doesn't happen? If you watch the game closely, the keeper hesitates. He hesitates because of the deflection. No, no, no. The, no, no, no. He, he, no. He hesitates because he thinks Sigurdsson is going to try and interact with the, with the ball. No, so no, no, he no, make no, a... no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I've watched this thing a hundred times. I promise you. Calvert-Lewin shoots, and we know De Gea sees the ball because he's going to his right side. Mm. So that thing of, yo, I couldn't see the ball, my line of sight was obstructed, that's bullshit. Otherwise, you would have never moved. But he anticipated Calvert-Lewin's shot correctly, going to his right. Then the ball hits Maguire. But by that time, his his weight is already on his left foot. If you're diving to your left, or, or to your right, rather, which De Gea would be doing, you put your weight on your left foot so you can get the leverage to get over. But the deflection takes the ball to De Gea's left. You can't dive left and be on your left foot at the same time. That can't exist. That can't happen. And De Gea is a, a, a keeper who, who likes to use his feet. How do you get the shot 
with your foot in the left corner if all your weight is on your left side? It's impossible. You can't do it because you would need your right foot to be have your weight so then you can extend the left foot. So every excuse is nonsense. I can understand why the VAR guy was like, ah, it just looks weird. Like, But if you remove Sigurdsson from the play, De Gea is wrong-footed from the deflection by Maguire, and the ball would go in the net no matter what. So Sigurdsson being there is almost inconsequential. But I can see why people thought, ah, it looks weird. He must have done something to the goalkeeper. But really, no. Manchester United escaped, in my opinion, with a point. Actually, pull up what Ben just said. Um, just listen to a ref explain it earlier from Ben Sigurdsson, ruled to have been in De Gea's line of vision rather than line of sight, therefore offside. Not a rule I knew about, but that's what VAR is for. How was he in his line of vision? He wasn't in his way, though. The argument still stands. Put yourself in the mind frame of De Gea. You are still cognizant of Sigurdsson being there. That is still affecting how you're trying to go for whatever decision you're, you're trying to make to try and, and prevent that ball from going inside the, the net. Just by the virtue of him being there, it is still affecting your movement and your decision-making. It simply is. It simply is. But I know it doesn't affect the end result. So it's just an excuse for like, yo, he might have done something. But really and truly, if you make Sigurdsson invisible, the same thing happens. Well, no, the, no, no, ball, no. the ball goes in the net. The, the ball is going in the net whether Sigurdsson exists or not. That's without doubt. So, so then the question becomes, does Sigurdsson being there make this look weird? And okay, if it wait, 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 wait. Let me rule the goal out. I believe that De Gea... Because remember, this is all happening very quick. So De Gea is, has no idea who is onto the offside. I believe De Gea believed that Sigurdsson was probably going to put his foot out to change the direction of the ball to ensure that the ball that went in. But, 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 but in the last second, he, re he, re he retracts his leg to ensure that he doesn't interfere with place where the goal stands. If De Gea believed that Sigurdsson was going to touch the ball, he never moves. Because that means De Gea knows the ricochet is coming and he knows that Sigurdsson is going to try to kick it and he doesn't try to move to his right. He's already gone, which means he thinks that the, the Calvert-Lewin shot isn't going to be deflected. So he's already gone. So unless you're saying he could save the ricochet, which he couldn't, then the goal should be good. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm, wait, 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 basically, I need to basically, I need to maybe watch it because I watched it like one or two times. So I need to watch it again. But from when I watched it, I've done like Zapruder level research, okay, <laughs> on this. There's no way De Gea is saving the shot. But anyway, let's not get lost here. We got to figure yeah. this out. I, I, I must remember Van. Look, look, look for, for Van. Like, see, now this is another issue. You watched it like what five, six times. How many times should we be given? the VAR guys to watch this, this this whole thing? Two times? Three times? Five times? Seven times? Eight times? Second opinion? Third opinion? Fifth of opinion? Seventh opinion? So it's like, look at how long we've spent <laughs> trying to decide this. Oh, disagree with me. I'm right. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I nah, just nah, need everybody nah, 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 to agree with me. I'm right. Why does the League Cup get so much stick, Pac-Mouse? Because it was invented, I think, in 1960 and it has no prestige, really? Nothing. Um, like, it's pointless is a pointless trophy like look it's still a trophy but it's a it's a trophy that's really it's it's not something you, sh you should really be championing oh i won the carabao cup not like not sorry the first five six rounds of the thing people are putting out their kids their academy yeah. their babies orphans you know 
It's just like nobody cares until like the final. And even in the final, Claudio Bravo's playing and all those like it's it's a tournament for backups and young and yeah. young, like, young it's players. a backup tournament and everything. So like um, FG thoughts on the best young players like Mbappe, Sancho, Haaland, Felix, Vinicius, etc. Having Cristiano as their idol. He's the GOAT for a reason. His influence is unmatched. My thinking for this is you look at a player maybe like Messi or Hazard or Neymar, some player like that, who are just supremely technically gifted, and it's almost like they were born with it. Whereas you look at Cristiano, almost kind of like in, in a Kobe sense, he worked to get to where he was. And in some ways it's easier to appreciate somebody who works to get where they are because you think I can do that too, rather than somebody who's just out of the womb seems as if they have this gift that no matter how hard I try, I can't recreate that. But Cristiano's gift might be his work or his endurance or just his ability to move forward through adversity and things like that. And that might be easier for a young person to aspire towards, which is why I think people connect with Cristiano in maybe ways that they don't with Messi, because they see that like he actually hard work, and it's easier to replicate hard work than it is to just be a magician. So I think that's maybe what it is, or just maybe is it as simple as yo like I with Nike, <laughs> and Nike is a better brand than Adidas, or I don't know. You don't have to answer that one if you don't want, because this I don't one know, look like he's 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 he's, he's amazing. You know? This one's gonna annoy you. Um. Why does government name, aka LL, hate white slash blonde players so much? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I have no answer. Maybe did we say this on previous ones? Like this guy has a, a Eden Hazard agenda, a Robin agenda, a Lam agenda. It's just, he has so many agendas in favor of white players. It's almost <laughs> this guy has. A white Batman on his Twitter. If you talk to this dude on WhatsApp, it's Batman. <laughs> you know, I always forget that. This guy loves so much stuff white people create. Though. It's very no, no, look, as I, as I always said, but I said, look, man, you, I can say, man, the white man, this white man, that's bro, man, the white man gave me Matrix, gave me Batman, gave me Spawn. I, I can't hate that much. I can't hate. Yeah, but he, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, but I mean, don't I mean, don't keep slaves, boy. Look, buddy, he's high, you know, he's cool. <laughs> and lastly, with all the correct pieces in place, what is the end goal of Lampard's brand of football? I don't even think he knows, man. Nah, it's on the way. Him and Judy Morris are just winging it, man. You know, they're just t- taking it as it goes. So follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics SoundCloud. Follow us, hit the heart. If you're Instagram. listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. I think that's it. Have hope. Where can people get you? Head to the websites, halfhopefootballhot.com. All my socials and my emails is all there. I'm Daniel to look. Remember, we have a Patreon. We record Talking Tactics Extra every week. Look us up. Look us up over there. Hopefully, you find something you like. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.